Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped. Love's a circle with no end. What's the purpose of this blessing? And he said, happiness is egg-shaped. Wait, um, happiness is a shape. Yeah, it's egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped. Love's a circle with no end. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg Shaped and we are back for another pod with a very special guest. I say this at the beginning of every pod that I am very excited and today I am no different. I am very excited. Legend is used often and far too often but so is the phrase I know legend is used too often, but this person really is a legend, and I'm going to use both of those. This person really is a legend. I am in the presence of greatness, and that has got to be a good pod starter. This person is the most capped, the most capped player for their country. That is spectacular. This person's won the World Cup. They've been the best in the world. And it took them a little while to get there. And when they did, I think it was even better. They've been for a visit to see the Royals, to be given one of those things that you get on New Year's or or for her birthday. What a spectacular person. And still going strong. Still going strong. And like me, loves coffee and dogs. So without any further ado, let's bring in the one and the only, and and I hope by the end of the pod, I'll be allowed to call her Rocky. It's Rochelle Clark. Hello. Hey, thank you. What a welcome. And yeah, please call call me Rocky. Oh, yes. Yes, that's it. What an amazing, uh, what an amazing intro. I love it. Thank you very much. Well, it's it's hard not to it it's trying to pick out the highlights from what has been an unbelievable career and just keeps going 
Yeah, I've stuck around for a bit, I must say. Um, you know, not easy to get rid of. Um, been around the block, but still chasing eggs and, uh, you know, love it, loving it. So all's good. Plenty, plenty of life in the old dog yet. Plenty. And it's just, your energy is amazing. The the young bucks at Sarri's must love having people like you and Tamara Taylor involved in the squad. Yeah, I must admit, I do get quite a bit of stick off of uh, May Campbell and some of the some of the youngsters. But um, now I give them a, a run for their money, a bit of banter and, uh, you know, love uh, love doing all the training and playing together. It, it's so much fun and they're a really good bunch of girls. And do you feel quite special in this time being able to play oh mate it's so such an honor to be able to pull on the shirt at any point but let alone in you know middle of a huge pandemic and so many people are trapped in their houses and haven't been able to to do anything and for me that little bit of normality and, and getting out there on a Tuesday and Thursday training and the game on a weekend has been been huge and really good for my mental health and you know, seeing my teammates and, and training has been really, really great. And has that been important for all the group? Do you think the mental health aspect has been the most important bit of it? Oh, it's huge. Like, it makes such a difference. As we know, being able to see people and, you know, connect and, and have conversations face to face, that that has been massive. And, you know, even better that I get to play rugby and, and do the game that I love. So, Throwing a rugby ball around is, you know, just tops it off. So it's it's been great. And I think all the girls have really appreciated that they've been able to get out and see people and, and play the game they love. And, and what do you chat about? Because changing rooms are usually about what you've done, what your plans are, what you're going what what is there to talk about? We, where did uh, you go for a walk? Is it just the same as everybody else? Yeah, well, Matt, the last few weeks I've been a couple of times people have walked in with a coffee. So I've been chasing them around wondering where they've got their coffee from. So that's generally my chat um, or I'm in and out of the physio room. Um, bit of chat about giving me abuse for my little dance routine I did when Emma Uren scored her try. Um, and then, you know, we take the mickey out of May. Um, uh, and, yeah, it's just it's just just a bit of banter, really. And, you know, there's lots of smiles and and it's great to see girls playing with a smile on their face and, and enjoying it. So, yeah, I think that's evolved around, you know, where you've been for a walk, yeah, what you've eaten and that kind of what training you've done. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty limited, but the banter never stops. Now, I'm going to read something to you that's from an article you did, and I absolutely love it. And this is hopefully going to spark us off. No, no, don't be worried. You said, I look back on my 15-year England career and think of the friends I have made and the opportunities we were given. I have shared some incredible experiences with so many great people. Now, in the career you've had, that was what you said. You didn't mention trophies. You didn't mention a result. You didn't mention any of the honours you've got. It was the people and the experiences. Is that is that it for Rocky Clark? Is that the good stuff? Oh, it's all good stuff, but uh, yeah, quite interesting. I didn't, I didn't realise I hadn't sort of put the two together, I guess. But I've always been somebody who's who's there in the moment, and and I just keep wanting to be in the moment. That's why my career lasted so long. And you know, whether it was my first cap or my last cap, I'd give one hundred and ten percent. And you know, I do, I do so still when I wear the, the Saris jersey and every training session. You know, I'm uh, always giving it my all so I think that's probably a bit of a secret to it and that like I've said before the the friends um and the teammates I've made along the way it's just been huge shaped my life and you know I've got friends for life now 
Um, and the places I've been, you know, been playing out in New Zealand just be before the Lions uh, game was was huge and beat New Zealand in their own backyard. Obviously, winning the World Cup, third time lucky, was the best day of my life by far. And, you know, it's, I look back at some amazing things and I can't even believe it is my life because as you read it off, I'm like, oh, fair play, that's pretty good. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's me, that's cool. So, yeah, it's pretty, um, pretty up there. Um, but, yeah, the people doing the things I've achieved, they've, they've been uh, the bonuses along the way. So happy days. So when I hear that and I try and pick those bits out, there's one of them that sticks out for me. Now, I listened to Johnny Wilkinson talk about the World Cup final, and he said he would give anything for the last, I think it was 15 seconds of the game, because that was the feeling. Knowing we were in control, knowing we were in the moment. When the whistle went, obviously you celebrated and you were happy. And I think he was trying to get at that then the feeling was on its way down. How did you feel in those final seconds getting towards that final whistle? Can you remember or is it just all imagining what you felt like? Oh, I felt hugely panicked, stressed and not in control at all. And I remember Canada making a break past the halfway line and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to lose it. Even though theoretically we couldn't because there was only like, I don't know, a minute or so left and they'd have to score two tries. And um, so... I just remember the huge panic and I, I never gave up until that final whistle went um, and it was just scrambling panic to get back. Like, oh God, I don't want to be the reason we lose the World Cup. Like, you know, you just um, you, you just gave it everything. And back then we only had one prop on the bench. So I played the full game. And so I was like, hanging. Um, <laughs> but I was like, just keep going. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty epic. Um, I'd probably go 15 seconds after the whistle had gone because the, the initial um, feeling after the whistle had gone was just relief uh, and just thank God we've done it rather than you know pure exhilaration that came laughter. Um, once once it had sort of gone in, I was running around swearing, going, "We've effing done it! We've effing done it!" But initially, I think I dropped on my knees and was just like. Oh my God, I can't believe it. And then, yeah, then all the, the um, excitement and, and celebrating came. And based on the previous experiences, like you said, it was third time lucky, I suppose. You plan for everything. You plan for if they have the ball in that space, we're here and here's how we defend. If we get the ball to that touchline, here's how we set up. You don't plan for what happens after the final whistle. Yeah, really good point actually, because it, it just it just all like carried on this snowball effect. I didn't realise like how big it had got in the press. Um and we were invited to so many things, um, which was just amazing. And I remember my um forwards coach Graham Smith at the time, he was saying that I'd go to um the opening of an envelope because I just said yes to everything. <laughs> like it gave me a load of stick. But I loved it. I was I went to a Celine Dion concert, I went to Lady Gaga, I went to Wimbledon. Um it was just so fantastic. I just had the best time and I I dined out on it as long as I could. Um so yeah it was it was super and and I had my uh had my medal on for ages I remember like going up to a coaching session I had it on underneath my top and and it was it was just so good to to finally do it everything I've worked towards came together in that sort of 80 minute game and 
I spoke to Kelly Brown about this um, and he was talking about Saracens and how the priority wasn't really about winning things. It was making memories. And from those memories came success because of the environment they created and, and the culture that they had. You mentioned in that same article, you actually use the word luck quite a few times. Now, I would come back on that and say, I reckon you made a lot of your luck by putting yourself into situations where maybe luck came along. You've spoken about dining out on it and taking Celine Dion, Lady Gaga, Wimbledon, and, and why wouldn't you? Like, I'm there yeah. on all of those things. Good yeah. on you. But has that always been Rocky Clark? Have you always jumped to opportunities to do stuff and try things? Oh, yeah, I think you've got to. Like, I, I don't think you can have a massive opinion about something unless you've done it. And, you know, when we're talking about getting the opportunities from um, winning the World Cup. You know, I went to the races and I've, I've never been before, but it was great. I had a fabulous day and, and really enjoyed it. And um, I think you should try things. I think you should be really rounded and try lots of things. And it's like the same in rugby. If you get the opportunity to, to help cover another position, why wouldn't you? Because then you have a better understanding of what those players need from you for your position to do well. So, and you have empathy. And I think that's a huge thing in the game. And you started by accident, as lots of people do, because let's face it, rugby's a bloody stupid game. Uh, lots of people find it by accident. But from, from what I know, you found your place, you found your sense of belonging in rugby. How, one, um, how did that help? But two, how does that help you now in the role that you have as role model, most cap player, coach, PT, level four coach, somebody who wants to grow the game. How does your own experience help you with making the future of the game better? So there's two parts to that. One, what was it like for you? And two, what Can't you going to do with it? I remember the second bit. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the first part. Um, so when I, when I first started, yeah, I, I fell into the game. Of the uh, uh, Sorry, a school friend was um, short playing for Beaconsfield and she was like, please come and play. I was like, no, rugby is a game where you get hurt and injured. And, oh, no, no, thanks. And she was like, oh, we're really short. And I was like, oh, go on then, let's try it out. And I absolutely loved it. I did two training sessions and they threw me into my first game. Didn't have a clue what was going on, but but um, they give me the ball and I just run. And because I was a big girl at the time, I was quite hard to tackle. I was like, oh, this is good. And everyone was like sort of coming around, slapping your back and being like, oh, well done, brilliant. So years I still didn't know about what the laws were and things like that I was just running around headless but I yeah the experience that gave me to now give back to the game and and see those youngsters starting out in rugby is is, is just so exciting and I want to give them the best experience so they fall in love with the game and, and get everything that I've got out of it whether you're a sort of low level pub team or if you're if you're striving to play at the top end like I want everyone to to fall in love with the game and, and give them the opportunity to do so. So that, that's what I see my role as. So you've spoken about love and getting involved and no matter what happens. So when you first started, you can't have imagined that you'd be sitting a few years ahead as England's most capped ever player, a World Cup winner, having been to a Celine Dion concert for free. Like, what? why were you doing it? Just because you were getting some credit for it you were beginning to feel part of something 
Yeah, and it was the feeling part of it. And and as I've said in one of my answers that you've already said before, that it's really important to me to be have that sense of belonging, be a family, um, make the friendships along the way, long-lasting friendships. And, you know, at that young age, at 15, I was I was getting that that reward on and off the pitch, you know, the plaudits on the pitch for you know doing well and sort of carrying hard and doing well in the scrums. And then off the pitch, I'd I'd made a lot of friends, and that was that was really good for me and brought me out of my shell. And and that was huge for a, a youngster who wasn't as confident um, and was a bit shy and I was overweight and stuff to give me the confidence to then be like, actually, I, I found I found my purpose, and that was huge to me. And that's why retiring internationally was so hard because you feel like you lost your purpose. But I've now sort of focused my purpose in other ways. How did the what was the ripple effect of that fifteen year old gaining confidence from rugby? What what else happened? Did you then stick your hand up to answering class? Did you go and try other sports because you thought if I can get that from rugby, I might be able to get it elsewhere? What what happened to young Rocky Clark on the back of rugby being something that built your confidence? Yeah, it gave me it gave me the confidence to to you know put my hand up in class to to be more of a um, a present person within the social group and um, you know I can be a bit of a, a character at times and muck about and, and stuff and it gave me the confidence to do to do that and and not be embarrassed as well because previously I was embarrassed and I was shy about my weight so it was really um it was about just embracing me and letting me me come out and my personality shine so that that was wonderful at the time and I'm you know so glad that I got that opportunity at that age and it, and it shaped me as an adult hugely for sure. I love that you say that you had a muck about because I, I don't think anybody who can get to 100 caps is able to just be in the zone all the time you have to have the switch on and switch off so what what sort of character is Rocky Clark in the changing room before a game? Um, oh mixed really um Depending on the game, but mostly I think I'm quite good at being able to flick the switch when I walk out onto the pitch. Or, or, right, know, that's the excuse people give that are annoying everybody else in the changing room. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I switch on when I go on the yeah. pitch. Yeah, um, I must admit I'm not the person particularly dancing around the changing room or swinging off um, you know, the lights. I'm not that person, but I'm certainly... Because I'm so busy in and out of the physio room, like getting patched up and you know wheeling the old bird out, it's um, it's I'm sort of I'm sort of in and out really. Um, bit of banter, and I'll tell you what, props. Or I don't know if it's just me, but definitely the props I've known, like Laura Keats, uh, Sophie Hemming, Purdy. For some reason, we're this breed that take forever to get ready. Like if I leave the house, I can be quick as you like, like up, dressed, out. If I need to be in a rush. For a rugby game, generally I'm always the last person out, um, and I'm still trying to like ram my insoles from my trainers into my shoes, or um, like still pull them on my shirt, my thermal. I have my little routines, and then I have to go for a wee, and oh, I, I just I'm like the ultimate faffer. So I'm probably spend most of the time once I've mucked around a bit for the first 10, 15 minutes, and then I'm playing catch up. I'm like, damn it, why am I not ready? So yeah. <laughs> I remember um, Jeanette Shaw, our um, England manager, just going, this is just 
typical Rocky. It was, I think it was 2010 or was it 2014? One of the World Cup semi-finals. And I'd got new boots. So I was really excited about these new boots. But I always warm up in moldies because I'm really old and my feet are like literally like birds' feet. So they're all gnarled over toes. So I have to preserve my old, uh, old feet. So then, so then I go, I'll go to put the boots on literally five minutes before kickoff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can swear or not on this, so maybe I won't. But I was like, beep. I haven't got my um, my studs in my boots, so I have brand new boots with old uh, with the football studs in. So I had to unscrew them. I've got all the non-playing reserves helping me. Everyone's like like using the the keys to open the studs, and I literally put the last stud in as we're running out. And I like I lost like a couple of studs in that game, but it was all fine. But Jam Mam was just like, what is wrong with you? I've always been the girl that goes to training and I've always got a carrier bag, even though we got free, <laughs> free, um, free boot bags and stuff like that. I'd just be the girl holding the, the Iceland carrier bag or something like with my boots in, like, you know, I, I just, I, lo I love I, that. I every, myself, every team has one of them. Every, yeah. every team has one of them. And, yeah. But as you say, for some reason, they seem to be able to flick the switch. They go out and have an absolute stormer. So the abuse that they should get, they tend to avoid because they get it right in between yeah. the whistles. So, yes, love that. So a World Cup, two two goals and it, you didn't win it. Were, was the plan before each of them to win it? Was, I'll tell you was what, that, that would have been nice, would have made things so much easier. But, uh, yes, it was very much so. So I got capped in 2003 and went to my first World Cup in 2006. And the experience was epic like I've been with all my sort of childhood heroes and I was now I was now part of the team and I'd, I'd been in there for a few years so I've got in there sort of socially as well and you know one of the girls used to say um you can't speak to you, you've had 10 caps I was like all right so um wench being a bit um having a bit of banter or Karen Andrew um and so I was sort of firmly in there and we were out in Canada you know, really, really tough games. And yeah, we just, we lost to New Zealand in the final and that, that was so hard. And I tell you what, that was one, ironically, the worst days of my life. I felt like my heart had shattered into like a million pieces. And, and I was just like, I'm going to the next one and we're going to win this. Obviously, roll on four years. We'd, um, we'd kept quite a few of the squad. There's some of the older states women had, had gone, but we'd, um, We'd regrouped and set and, and it was in obviously London and we were like, oh, this is amazing. Home crowds, like the game had started really getting momentum now and uh, lots of support. I got my 50th cap running out for the first game um, against USA in the uh, opening game in 2010. Had a really good tournament and then played New Zealand and just in that last little bit, they got a penalty and, and won 13-10 and that was that was heartbreak, but of a different kind. And that's why I talk about 2014, because I, I, I would have put my house on 2010 with a one. 2014, I was like, well, there's no more to go. We, we'd done everything we could and we just, we knew we could win, but we also knew about five other teams could win as well. So it was, um, it was a case of us just obviously playing each game as it came and, and getting through. And, and it was, it was, you know, amazing experience and and one why I wouldn't, so many people asked me why I didn't retire then. And I was like, well, I love it. I'm still enjoying it. Like, why would I? So I obviously carried on to the 2017 one and 
Um, unfortunately, we're on the, the the loss that time, but nothing will ever take away the the, the gold medal that I've got. Um, and you know, one out of four ain't bad. So yeah, and, and the amazing experiences and things I've achieved along the way, and winning Grand Slams and European. Hello, my name is like Bruce Edison from Happiness is Egg Shaped. You wait for a podcast, and then two come along at once. I am looking forward to introducing to you. Murray Field and Me, a love story by Bruce Aitchison. I have spent so many happy days in Murrayfield Stadium. I could watch the grass grow. It is a place where I have so many memories. Happy, sad, because let's face it, I'm a Scottish rugby fan, but memories all the same. I've met good people, I've built strong relationships, and I would go back tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. It is an amazing place to watch rugby and everybody knows happiness is egg-shaped at Murrayfield. So join me on the podcast, Murrayfield and Me, a love story by Bruce Aitchison. Have you read Catherine Spencer's book? I've I actually I've ha- I've got it on my reading list to do but I'm, I'm so that's no about. so that's no, no don't give no, me this no, no. excuse no. no she's one of my good mates and I've got it on my reading list to do so fingers crossed I'll get it I, I must admit I'm really not a reader but I I promise and I will say this publicly I will have read it by the end of the year but I very much support it yeah good well I'm glad well did you pay for your copy um no I'm waiting for a free one <laughs> Yeah, so I support it, but I need a free one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, we're getting a real insight into That's the real hard. Rocky Clark here. I, I use carrier bags as boot bags. Come on. <laughs> in that, she talks about she didn't get that chance. She didn't get to go back and win it. And there were there were obviously players from the two previous tournaments who didn't get to to be there did your phone go nuts beforehand with go on do it for me as well or did it go nuts afterwards with uh congratulations i'm so happy did those players stay involved in the process yeah we had um we had quite a lot of the players that had, had come out which was really really nice and and it was really um it was really hard one of our best friends had just been had got all the way up to the tournament and then the the um team had sort of trimmed down and unfortunately she wasn't part of it but it was amazing to still have her out there Georgina Gulliver one of my best mates and part of the Spice Girls group that's what we used to do as well call ourselves the Spice Girls and muck about but um yeah and those girls out there like Amy Garnett and some of the old old girls were there like TJ and Jenny Sutton just and they were like the embrace they gave us Rob Clayton the embrace they gave us like when we got off the off the coach and just like hugged us so tightly because they were so proud because you know some of them lived on with us and Katie McLean's um speech afterwards it wasn't just the you know the 22 that took to the field it was it was doing it for all the players that had gone before us and it and that that really is true and um I'm hoping although it's very very difficult for those players to to not get that chance equally hopefully they feel something um, that we did it for them as well just got shivers in the back of my neck there when you were talking about them giving you the big embrace because I love that emotional connection. So you you stood on their shoulders to a certain extent, although you were with them. And the game has now got to a point where we were talking off off screen about the numbers of people who are watching on 
on streaming and uh, you know the future of the game you've played a huge part in that and you've come through probably the most accelerated period of time for the women's game and are absolutely a role model for those who are coming after what excites you about the next five years or 10 years in the game oh well you just see how the, the game's going from strength to strength and the opportunities that the ladies are getting now um more commercial deals and, and ambassador roles the, the the games are being like the allianz 15s are being um streamed most weekends um so that that's brilliant for the game and now Obviously, we've just heard that Six Nations is going to be um, available to everybody um, through uh, uh, BBC iPlayer and, and the final round is going to be on, um, I think it's BBC Two. So those kinds of things are just going to grow audiences and and, the, and it does keep, numbers keep improving Like and the sellout crowds that we're getting when they're playing up in, say, Don um, Doncaster and things like that has been huge and Exeter. So we just, you know, it's clever. We're, we're, we're getting everybody behind us. And then with the new um, new uh, WXV uh, game as well coming up, the 16 teams from 2023, that's massive. And like it's just going to keep going from strength to strength. The next 10 years are pivotal and really exciting to be a player within that team and who's got a long career ahead of them. Like I say, a, a Poppy Cleary who's going to be around for a long time and is a phenomenal player. Um, but also very, for us, we are very proud of of where we got took England to and the game to, and now the game can keep progressing. And that's, that's massive to be a part of that. And you'll be a trailblazer along the way, pave the way for the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market youngsters and and hopefully the game will keep improving and do you and and the spice girls sit around over a coffee or a glass of something and talk talk the way kind of old folk doing clubhouses about oh they don't know how lucky they've got it now and if it wasn't for us is there a bit of that and then you catch yourselves and wind yourselves in again um i wouldn't say like it's just just like commenting on the game, I guess. Like, yeah, we've got our we've got a Spice Girl group that we uh, on WhatsApp that we're we're quite regularly in contact and um, and we meet up and go on holidays and stuff together. So, I, yeah, there's a bit back in in my day, uh, yeah, but um, or you know, people's trilemmas start go from my like three centimeter picking and pop over the line will probably turn into a you know from the halfway line sidestepping and gassing everybody but 
No, it's not too bad, but there's certainly a few um, few beverages involved and a, and a lot of chat, but mainly a lot of banter, um, which is great. You've got to be hardened to to survive the Spice Girls for sure, because Tim Oliver, um, Kerry Large, and Georgina Gulliver, they just they're, they're really good at ripping. This. They've got to give it back. <laughs> and does Emily Scarrett get a bit of stick? She's got her own podcast now. Oh, yeah, for sure. She'll be getting some stick for that. And for years, she couldn't do a press-up. So, you know, when you're when you're representing England, you'd like to think you could do a press-up. But she can do press-ups now. I'm, I'm, I'm reliably informed. So that, that's that's quite good. And uh, the old T-Rex arms come out. You know. She's, uh, yeah, she's uh, an exceptional player, but she certainly gets a lot of stick, which is great. Keeps her grounded. It sounds like she needs some Rocky Clark PT sessions. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure she's doing uh, very well. Probably, she does she live on a farm and throw hay bales around and things like that. So I'm sure she's uh, putting in the graft. I heard her first podcast, and she was getting a bit of stick because even Haskell's name's not in the other version. It's the good, the bad, the rugby, but it's the good disguise in the rugby. So yeah. she's she's obviously in for the long haul, whereas he's going to get binned after. Yeah, he's off. Yeah. <laughs> She's but those those are, those are great things to get exposure, and that's is there a lot of although there's the banter, are, is everybody looking for ways to promote for the good of everyone? Yeah, I think so. Like, um, you know, there's there's a couple of girls have got their own podcasts and they support each other and, and go on each other's shows. You constantly, when there's um, somebody's advertising something people will like say for example my boot camps or pt people will retweet them and share them around their um their media stuff and the same you know when when you've got nolly and birth and people like that on telly and you you're just like oh great great work mate it's going really well things like that you just you've just got to support each other because you know we've been through a hell of a lot together and you know that you supported each other while you're on the pitch you've got to support each other while you're off it as well and is there a bit of comfort in you're under the microscope for England, so your results are, you know, they matter and people comment on them. Was there a bit of comfort in going back to the club game and being able to relax or did you hunger for more of that pressure? God, no. If you join Saracens, you're not going to like suddenly just, you know, go and play like just throw it around rugby and just like like turn up just before kickoff. No, it's uh, there's you know there are certain expectations there you know or have been prem um, winners for many years because of of the standards they have and the quality players. So for me, it was about getting myself in there as a as a coach. And Alex had obviously approached me about being a, a player coach, and that was something I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know how that will go, but actually, it's worked really well and I've really enjoyed it and still having the opportunity to roll out as I say to uh to to come on on um generally after say Hannah Bottoman's um done her stint and then they throw the old girl on for a little bit. Um it's been great but unfortunately she's been injured so that means they've um they've pushed me around for a bit longer. Um so I've played a bit more than perhaps I would have done but you know I I love it and as as long as I'm good enough I I want to keep doing it and, and enjoying it and and like I say, rolling around there and popping over the try line occasionally. <laughs> so how does coaching go when you're a player? Do you set something up and you get involved or do you stand back and become the coach? So it's really good, actually. The um, the boys I work with, Lewis and Alex, 
are really, really good at facilitating um, me to lead as coach as well as join in. So it's a bit a mixture of, of it all. So sometimes I'll lead, say, a 20 minute um, block and then I'm able to join in with the rest of the session. I jump in and out sometimes on the on the set piece stuff because it's for doing scrum practice. It's quite important that I'm in. Uh, some of the scrums, um, but also I need to to, to see um, from the sideline as well where uh, the other players are at and what what they need to do. So it's a mixture of both, and and so far, touch wood, um, it's uh, it's gone really well, and and hopefully the the players will tell you that. Otherwise, I'm completely deluded and <laughs> no idea. So. <laughs> Either I'm happy. <laughs> well, exactly. That's the main thing. How long did you know you wanted to be a coach for? So I went to uh, went to uni, got my first one, and then uh, got an opportunity to do my level two. Took it, and then that's when I really knew loved it. Started coaching at Henley, um, doing some school stuff, and then uh, Bucks University, coaching the men's team, and then Chesham Stags as well, coaching the men and the women. So. Loved it, and then went on to coach county and and now Saracen. So I've I've been all through the levels and and different areas of the game, and I'm and it's something I'm as passionate about as my playing. And you know I wanted to be the best player I could for as long as I could, and the same goes for my coaching. I want to reach the top and you know help others and be the best I can. So what sort of what sort of coach were you at the beginning? Ooh, good question. Um, I've always I've always wanted people to have as much fun whilst they're learning um so lots of lots of fun games and stuff and I think some of the problems I had was assuming stuff had been learned if we'd if we'd covered it and then you know a couple of weeks later I'd be like well why are we not doing that we've done that a couple of weeks ago but actually I've now learned that you need to keep you know instilling those little nuggets to um to make sure that that they remember and it's and it's a it's a it's inbuilt. It's a go-to rather than just assuming. Right, ticked off. Next thing, you can't do that. You've still got to keep um, keep it honest and give it respect to to get the best out of them. When I when I started as a coach, I wanted to be able to control everything because I felt like that was the job. Now, when the way you coach and because you're also playing alongside them. The the I mean the the level is is higher now than than it would have been especially with some of the teams that you're talking about you're now dealing with elite performers how much do you include players in what happens and what they need or have you got the clear focus and you're the boss no I'm very much open to to hearing players uh, opinions thoughts things they've seen because I I always think you can. You know, I've got, I've got my my ideas, but there might be something I don't see that somebody else sees, and and we've got amazing players around us that you know I, I trust all of those guys if they've seen something and to to speak up and say it. And I, I, equally, I want to be because I'm also there as a player as well. I want them to tell me when my standards aren't good enough, and you know, um, I've certainly had that off some of the girls, which has been great, and I and I would give that back to them as a, as a player, but we need to pass that. That was a two-on-one or something. Um, and equally, as a coach, obviously, I'd, I'd pull it up if, if it needed to. So we've got so many leaders like the Packers, the Poppies, the Bops, that kind of thing that, you that you know, you can give a lot of, um, of stuff over to those guys and then they're happy to, to, to bring back their, their, 
stance on it as well. So it's been it's been really good and really rewarding working with Tamara as well, who's uh, who's a legend and she knows her stuff and she's a, a great player and and coach. So it's been been lovely to to get to work alongside her and, and bounce ideas off each other and, and work towards the same goal. And she's old as well, which helps. <laughs> you keep coming back to this age thing. Is is that something that you're mindful of if you're still loving playing? When do you think is going to come the time where, okay, I, I now want to love coaching more? Is it going to be really difficult? Can you be a head coach and a player? Um, I No, I probably wouldn't be a head coach and player. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought. And I, like, I know my days are numbered, but I'm certainly, you know, hanging on by my fingernails and hopefully, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep putting in the odd shift. Um, I think I'll know when that time is. And equally, if I, you know, if Alex needs to have that chat with me, which if I haven't come to him first, then uh, I'd want him to be honest with me. Um, because, you know, like, the, oh, there might be different opportunities that it just happens naturally anyway. But certainly I'm, I have no plans on, um, on retiring yet. I, I think I'd know, say, if I was getting, you know, dicked in the scrums or getting run over with tackles or, or like getting ended every carry I did, that that'd sort of be a bit of a telltale sign that mm, probably not where you need to be. But at the moment, I'm still still holding my own. So, um, you know, still uh, still happy to carry on and, and see where it goes. And you and Kat Merchant have been a, a coaching team. Is there excitement there if you get to become a head coach about building that team around you, bringing in all the parts that you think would, would work? Would that be something that gets you excited? Yeah, I'd certainly um, I'd love to build the, the coaching team around me. Um, I'm happy in the one the one I'm in, but certainly I've worked with some other tremendous coaches along the way. And I, you know, I know the everything that those girls bring to the game, like Kat, like knowledge of the game and her expertise in coaching was brilliant. Um, Tamara's brilliant, Katie McLean, like all of those girls, Kim Oliver, I'd, I'd happily work with any of them um, to you know, obviously, I'm probably going to be working with a back um, as I've got my my forwards uh, hat on most of the time. But, you know, I'm happy to coach the backs on the uh, the odd occasion, teach them a thing or two. Absolutely. Every prop wants to coach the backs. It's absolutely yeah. ingrained in them. So the future, we spoke about the next five to ten years, it's going to feature Rocky Clark in some way, shape or form. How How often are you asked for your opinion on where you think it should go do, do the rfu do, does england rugby the coaches does the league does anybody come and say rocky what what do you think about this oh good question um i you know i have i have regular chats around the the, co the coaching community um i'm yeah i'd like to be involved a little bit more obviously because i'm i'm with saracens i'm probably hamstringed a little in terms of RFU stuff, but certainly I'd love to be involved and coach at that that next level at some point in my career. And um, I'm always happy to to help out and, as we've said, help grow the game and develop. I've done some um, under twenties uh, scrum stuff, which I really enjoyed, and so I'd I'd love to be able to to go and give back to the youngsters on that performance level or or community level, whatever it is, to to help them reach their potential. And that's one of the main things of my goal as a as a coach is to help the player whether or not they they might have a, 
a really high flying career or they might just be doing it for the enjoyment to to socialize whatever it is to help them be the best they can be and you've gathered unbelievable knowledge you've shared and and created unbelievable experiences you're a level four coach with ambition to coach what do you think is the thing you've learned from all the coaches that makes rocky ready for for that job you've spoken a, a lot about personality and emotion and relationships what what's the thing that you think's your your ticket yeah i think so my kind of my niche is that i'm i'm very player focused and i think it's really really important to know what makes the player tick to get the best out of them you've got to have empathy with the player know what's going on in their life other than rugby um you know you understand why maybe they're having an off day or an off week or an off month rather than just suddenly oh they didn't play well they're gone sort of thing if they're normally um you know uh you you sort of starting player so it's so it's important to know those bits about it and what works for them, whether they need an arm around the shoulder and a, and a bit of a chat or they need to be told, right, you need to do that better. Whatever it is, know your players really well um, and then in, install the confidence in them and, and give them opportunity to have success and, and back them. And I think that's confidence is a massive thing for coaches to give back to players. And this is going to sound a bit weird, but I've learned not what to do by some of the coaches along the way. Like, I've liked that stuff, but I haven't liked that. So just take the stuff that's worked really well and then ditch the stuff um, that hasn't worked so well. Can you imagine 15-year-old Rocky Clark talking the way you're talking just now? <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. But um very happy I'm I'm able to, to voice my opinion and be me. Yeah, and, and that experience you've had has brought you to this point. What what was it like to have that success and still with the career and get an MBE? Like, was that – you must have been floating on clouds at that point. Oh, it was epic. I just had, like, this amazing couple of years. Like, it, we, we went from strength to strength. Um, and, you know, highlights along the way are obviously winning the World Cup. Then um, then I got the MBE letter, um, and then we won the spotty um, team of the year, which was amazing, a great party as well after. Um, and we just – and then I got my 100 caps after that, and – and it just it just kept kept happening. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm RPA player of the year. Like it just kept happening. I was just so happy. Like I was just like, I, I can't believe it. I just it was like the icing on the cake. It was something I'd I'd not gone, oh, I want to be a rugby player in an MBE. I've I've never said that, but I'm very honored and proud to 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 have been nominated for that and, and received it. Um and it's the same as getting the hundred caps, winning the World Cup. It's it's all I could never have imagined it in my wildest dreams, but hey, I'm so glad I've managed to grab hold of everything and, and carry on. It's it's absolutely spectacular. It is so, so good. Now, one of the things, and, and we're beginning to wind down here, so apologies, and I, I love to talk, and I think I could be here all day, but one of the things that I wonder, you have had a career as well as a rugby career. You've been successful you've had to time manage and communicate and all those skills that we hear about and we hear a lot about male professional players struggling to 
get into real life when rugby finishes. Is that something you've ever experienced? Have you ever had that come down or lack of direction or feeling of, I don't know what my purpose is? It doesn't sound like it. Well, I'll probably hide that well because, yeah, it was really, really tough um, retiring internationally when that had been obviously such a massive chunk of my life. Um, And I I really struggled mentally and and I've had a lot of help with that. And um, it's just something that that everybody needs to be prepared for. And you have no idea until you retire um, that you're actually going to probably go to that crap place. Um, so it's really important that we that people have uh, an, an alternative life or something different than rugby that then when that starts to change, um, they, you know, they don't feel completely lost because you're right, that lack of direction, um, uh, loss lack of purpose like I just didn't know what I was going to do or where I was going to be and just sort of floating along and and but now I've I've you know I'm in a much better place um and I've got got my career focus and you know I'm building my PT and working on my my coaching and developing that and so yeah it's 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 stepping forward and I I want to carry on doing some work with commentating and stuff which I've had some opportunity with and hopefully get a little bit more but just want to yeah see where it takes me and, and be the best I can so but that's probably that drive that got me so far in rugby I think that now I want to do it with the rest of my life but now they do say I think it takes like at least a couple of years to sort of take that step away from feeling you know the gutted that you're not there or you know what you should be doing with your life definitely is it is it like a breakup of a relationship is that the emotion that that maybe mere mortals like I can relate to oh yeah it's like you know I've, I had a 15 year relationship with this um, you know amazing thing that I loved all of the time and to then have that ripped away from you and to not be part of it was was really cruel and really really hard so yeah um that was that was definitely so hard to get through but I think it's made me grow as a person and be the person I am now rather than um just just still trying to be that 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 England player or now I'm now I'm Rocky non-England player so it's uh yeah it's still there's still quite a, a bit of me to go around you know now, now you're Rocky just legend that's that's oh, what it I'll is take that. that's now, cool. one of the one of the things of the more I do these the more the more I speak to people and the people that come on these things tend to have succeeded in in some way shape or form uh to different extents not everyone is the most capped player for their country and what a world cup and an mbe and all those things but people have achieved but that's really interesting to hear that there has been bumps for you because social media or reading an article in the guardian or the independent it appears that it's been just sequential just step to success i did that and then i got that and then i got that and then i got that but you've had those those bumps who around you has been important when you've had those moments oh yeah like friends and family has has been huge to get me through and and i went through um quite a bad time of sort of anxiety and depression and and those those friends and um family members that got me through and you just go through quite a period of time of just being numb and that was really weird for me to get to go through that and but those guys that stood by me forced me to go out on 
dog walks and coffees and you know, going to the pub or whatever. And and even though I didn't have a lot of chat, it was just really, um, really important to still keep some of those routines that I normally absolutely love. Um, and then and getting some professional help as well and, and talking to the RPA as well. So that was that was huge for me because I never, you know, I always felt like a, I'd be weak if I showed any sort of weakness. But actually, I think it's been a strength and the ability to talk about it now, which I couldn't talk about it um, a year ago. So to, I'm hoping if somebody hears this, it will give them the strength to, to get up and, and get some help if they need it um and you know you will get better and and it will just be time and and some help that will help wow thank you for sharing that that's uh, that is amazing so those people that helped they were there in the good times too oh massively and, yeah and they and they were there to support you when they knew you needed it what's what moment you've won a world cup you've been to celine dion you've been to wimbledon you're an mbe you've done all those things what one moment did you actually have the time to stop and go oh my god what am i doing here it's um like occasionally when we was having all those um invites and stuff it was like oh my god i'm in the royal box like <laughs> this is cool um you sort of had that mini moment then but it's you know, even now, I, I still, maybe it was once I fully give up playing, I'll, I'll have that, Jesus, you have done so much now and you should be so proud of yourself and that kind of thing. But I don't know, I just keep bobbling along to the next day and just, like I said, try and be in the present and um, and enjoy the here and now and, and look back very fondly um, upon the things I've done. But, yeah, I guess... I guess it's, oh yeah, maybe I still haven't been there. I don't know. It's quite a hard uh, question to answer. Good question. That's that's a that's a great thing to hear because although the World Cup was the best day of your life, it sounds to me like there's still a chance you're going to have another best day of your life. Oh, I hope so. With, with that <laughs> with that attitude you've got, I'm going to just do the thing in front of me really really well, and then we'll see what the next thing is. So, yeah. you have you ever been a planner? Have you ever been somebody who's Obviously, there's the four-year cycle and there's all that stuff. But could you could you have planned something that you think that's what I should have achieved, or I should have got a proper job, or no? I just keep floating along to the next day. Um, sometimes, you know, I can I can achieve things through the skin of my teeth, um, and that's something I've worked on. But it's ironic because I love making lists. Like people take the mickey out of me writing lists. I've like. I've written a list here, like, you know, what I've got to do and stuff. And and I'm like, I wish I actually stuck to them. I'd probably be a lot more productive because I love, it's really weird, but I love ticking off uh, on my list. But, um, yeah, I, just, I wish I could have the concentration just to stay on that one thing. But I'm like, oh, floating around doing the next thing. So That doesn't sound yeah. like that's the Rocky Clark we know and love. I'm not sure <laughs> we want Rocky Clark to stick on one thing. Rocky, I've I've absolutely loved this, and I have made a list, and I think I've got to about half of it because there is so much in there. But I've asked people at the finish to finish the sentence, so I'm I'm going to ask you to finish the sentence. For Rocky Clark, happiness is okay. Playing rugby, walking my dog, drinking coffee, and the occasional beer. 
I want to see friends. <laughs> that that's that sounds pretty one. spectacular to me. That sounds like almost perfection. Rocky, thank you very much. You're a very busy lady. I don't know when you sleep. I'm not surprised <laughs> that you need lists to know what is going on. But thank you for giving up some time to come and come and speak to me. I have absolutely loved it, and I hope everybody that listens in does as well because you are absolutely spectacular. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. I loved it. And uh, yeah, hopefully the listeners will enjoy it. They will indeed. Thank you, Rocky. All the best. See you soon. Bye. Well, we've come to lots of conclusions and some of it has reinforced the things that I've, I've thought. We build relationships, we share experiences and we make memories. And Rocky Clark, I think, hits all three of those. She has built relationships that started very young and she keeps them going. She knows that that's important to coaching. She has absolutely shared experiences, highs and lows, and we heard a lot about them and made memories. And one day she might stop still for long enough to look back and give herself a bit of a pat on the back and enjoy them, probably with the Spice Girls and by the sound of things, a beer. Uh, I have absolutely loved speaking to the one and the only Rocky Clark. Hopefully you've enjoyed it too. Please download us on Apple, Acast and Spotify. Subscribe and leave us a review. Please let us know what you think. Uh, and if you didn't enjoy it, then I was always told that if you've nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. But please get involved and give us a review. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. You can have a watch to see what happens. I have absolutely loved it again and can't wait to speak to you again in the future. My name is Bruce Aitchison from the Happiness Is podcast and my happiness is egg-shaped. Farewell and I'll speak to you soon. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And, and our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and love's a circle with no end. Oh, I was talking about this last night, and he said, happiness is egg-shaped. Hey, um, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped, and love's a circle with no end. Hi, my name's Sean Phelan, and I am the producer of the Happiness Is podcast. But if you want a podcast that focuses on the grassroots side of rugby, check out my show, The Philly Brutes Rugby Roundtable, where we discuss the biggest issues in grassroots rugby in the UK, with a different panel of players, coaches and volunteers each week. Listen now at all your favourite podcast providers, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or visit fybrugby.com. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.